everyone and welcome to Better Done Than Perfect, a podcast for SaaS founders and product people. Today, our awesome guest is Noah Bragg, a founder of Potion, and we're going to talk about building in public as a way of marketing today. This show is brought to you by Userlist, the best way for SaaS founders to send onboarding emails, segment your users based on events, and see where your customers get stuck in the product. Start your free trial today at userlist.com. Hi, Noah. Hey, Jane. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. We're excited. I've seen you so much on Twitter that finally talking to you feels amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen you around a lot too. Cool that you've seen some of my, my tweets pop up. So that, that's fun. Before we get started, could you tell us more about Potion and, and your background story? What did you do before? Well, I guess I'm doing this entrepreneur thing now. I just quit my job like two or three weeks ago because I, yeah, I started Potion about a year ago and kind of building it on the side. And so now I'm just finally going full time on it, which I'm excited about. And Potion is a website builder that's built on top of Notion. So Notion, if, if people aren't familiar, is this app where people can take notes and do project management and all kinds of stuff all in Notion. It's kind of this workspace for lots of things. And then Potion kind of takes that content that you have in Notion and turns it into an actual website that you can customize and stylize and things like that. And so, yeah, that's that's what I've been working on for the last year and been boot, bootstrapping it. And kind of my, my background before is I'm a software developer by trade. So I've worked at some different companies, you know, building apps and things like that. But I've always, I've always wanted to kind of do my own thing. I've always had some side business running on the side. I've probably done like seven or eight different businesses in the past. And I actually quit my job like three years ago trying to do the same thing, like, you know, working full time on my own business. And that one didn't turn out as well as, as Potion has so far. So yeah, out of all of the things I've done, Potion has seemed to kind of do the best. And so I'm, I'm really excited with the potential and where it can go. And so I'm re- yeah, just really excited to be able to work on it and uh, really make it a, a great product. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. As we're talking about building in public, has it been an intentional marketing strategy for you? Or is it just the way you do things earnestly in front of everybody? What was the choice? <laughs> yeah, it was actually pretty intentional. I started kind of sharing stuff on Twitter probably about two years ago now, back when I was kind of starting one of my first bootstrapped kind of companies. And I just started kind of sharing what I was doing. And that was back then it was kind of unintentional. And I just kind of found that I really enjoyed it. Like I just really enjoyed um, sharing what I was up to. I enjoyed the conversations and relationships I built on Twitter with other makers through doing that. And just it was I saw like the benefit in it too, like people kind of sharing their kind of two cents on what I was up to. And I could kind of learn from that. And so when I was starting to kind of pick like what what would be the next thing I worked on, I wanted to tie in, you know, something I was uh, like a problem I was interested in solving. But also I wanted to basically make sure that building a public was something that could make a lot of sense for the product and the the market that I was going to serve. And so what I found from just sharing and, you know, building a public previously was that the people that really like that and enjoy that are other creators, other makers, other entrepreneurs. 
And so I really wanted to make a product that really served that kind of niche, like the indie hacker kind of niche, maker niche, so that I could just do more of this build in public stuff since I enjoyed it so much. And so from like the very like first week that I started working on Potion, I started building it in public like right away, which is kind of cool to look back now that like it actually kind of worked that I can go back and like see like see the documentation or like the sharing that I did from the very beginning on Twitter. And then I even like made like little videos and stuff about it. And so I, you know, I had no idea that it would actually work, but I was, you know, people can go back now and kind of see the whole journey from day one of me building Potion, which has been pretty cool. Your motto is building Potion to 5K MRR. Why 5K? And uh, like, what's going to happen after 5K? Yeah, I mean, so that was kind of a goal that I thought I could reach for 2021, just based on how things had gone. I think I made that goal kind of mid-year, so in the summer. And so I, I was just looking at like my past months, how much I was growing. And, you know, I, I like to make goals that I think are reachable. Like I don't like to make like too big of like dreamy kind of goals. And so based on, you know, my my previous growth, like I thought, okay, I could get it to 5K by the end of the year. And I just ended up a bit short of that around like 4,200 um, MRR is what I kind of ended up at. And that just kind of had to do with the, the last two months weren't, I didn't grow too much the last two months. I'm not really sure why yet, but I think maybe it has something to do with just being the end of the year and Christmas coming stuff like that. But yeah, it was kind of just something I thought I could hit. And once I do hit it, I'm sure, you know, I'll have another goal to t- kind of grow to bigger than that, kind of a next goal. You have a pretty massive following on Twitter. I wouldn't say you're like no Kagan, but you're definitely a name out there. Do you feel like building an audience is the primary task or do you feel like building in public is first, you know, chicken or the egg? I mean, I guess I, I kind of see those as the same thing, because at least in like maybe our, our kind of niche, like, you know, the the indie hackers, makers, bootstrappers kind of niche, like I think the building in public is kind of what people like to see, you know, they like to kind of hear how, you know, what are other people doing and learn from the decisions they're making, or maybe the mistakes they're making. And so that's what I, that's what I really kind of try to do. And I guess in the process, like, you know, it is kind of building an audience at the same time, that kind of does build an audience. And, and what I found is with like building in public is, and, and kind of just that transparency that, you have when you're building in public is people start to kind of want to support you. And I've definitely seen that where, you know, people are kind of rooting for me, they're rooting for the business to do well, some of them even become customers. And so that kind of that extra support has been really beneficial just for for me and my business and just my learning as I'm, I'm trying to make this this thing work. So that's been a really cool part of it that I've, I've, I've seen. Let's try and decompose your routines. Because I'm pretty sure you've got your own little habits and like time uh, schedule, or is mm-hmm. it all impromptu and you share when you want to share and you just don't share in other days? Yeah, I actually am pretty kind of just impromptu. Like, I mean, I have some kind of like routines and like how many about how many times I want to share things a week, and and I'll kind of notice like, oh, I haven't shared something for a while. Like, then I'll start to think about something that makes sense for me to share, but like. I'm mostly just trying to like share things that I think could be valuable to other people and like things I'm experiencing in my journey that like, oh, maybe this, you know, something I learned, maybe this could be valuable to someone else, kind of share that experience or that story around it. 
but I, you know, I try to do that once a day. And I found also that for me, at least uh, the time where I seem to get the most engagement on Twitter is like in the morning, 8am to 10am PST. And so typically like I'll schedule, you know, if I do think of something that makes sense, I'll then schedule it for the next day so that it's, it's going out during that time. So that's, that's a little bit of the, the routine, but yeah, I'm always just kind of thinking about just things that could make sense to share and I enjoy sharing it. So it doesn't feel like, like work to me, which is nice. Like, I'm not like, Oh, I got to get this on my schedule. I got to do these things. It's more just kind of, yeah. Impromptu, just like going along and, and sharing things that I make, I think makes sense. And it's kind of fun too. So it makes it an enjoyable thing to do. Are there any other influencers that inspire you in a way that how they share and what they share? And for me personally, Justin Jackson comes to mind as like a, a big name for that. Uh, any other yeah. heroes in our community? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Justin Jackson is definitely one that comes to mind. Uh, I love seeing what he has to share in his stuff. Um, Damon Chin, he's the founder of Testimonial. He's maybe maybe seen him popping around on Twitter. He does an amazing job, I think, of of building the public and sharing kind of what he's up to, what he's working on. Let's see, Kenneth Castle, he's now working on Pointer. He's done a lot of that in the past, and I've really enjoyed kind of following his journey. There's also Junior, but he's, he's building a great product that's kind of similar to Gumroad, but he's doing all by himself. Yeah, Flurry, Furly is the product he's building. So he kind of shares what he's doing in, in public as well. And so, yeah, there's there's a, there's a couple of different ones as well, but those are some of the, the people I really enjoy following. And I feel like, you know, most of the people I follow are other people building in public. And I just find that I learn, I learn a lot of stuff from following other people's journeys and them sharing kind of the decisions they're making because it's like in real time. So it's like you can actually learn from things that people are doing right now instead of maybe looking back at books and, and business stuff from, you know, a year or two ago and seeing how people are doing it there. But, you know, also on Twitter, you can find people that are maybe in similar kind of markets, you know, similar kind of businesses. And so if you can learn from people that are in similar situations to you, I think that can be really helpful. Um, so, yeah, for sure. You've been leveraging video content. Could you tell us about that part of your routine? Yeah. So this, I, I guess, to start, I mean, to go back, I've just enjoyed creating kind of content and creating stuff for a long time. Like back in high school, I had a YouTube channel where I just, I, uh, basically made Minecraft. I was one of those like, let's play <laughs> channels that, um, people just watch you like play games. So I did that in high school and I had, I got up to around 4,000 subscribers doing that in high school on YouTube. And so it's kind of just been something I've always, uh, for a while now have been enjoying, you know, creating videos and stuff. I, I think I created on that channel, I have like uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. 400 videos, 400, 500 videos on it. So quite a lot of videos. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of continue doing that in a way that makes sense. And where I'm at now, obviously I'm not like playing video games, playing Minecraft all the time. So yeah, once I, I started building potion, I started creating these like little like vlog update videos of just like what I was doing, kind of similar to what I do on Twitter, um, but just in video form of just sharing kind of the behind the scenes, maybe sharing progress I'm making on the product, decisions I'm making around it. And I would create basically like these little two minute and 20 second videos where I could post it on Twitter. Um, and then I would link to have it on YouTube as well. And so I've done that since the, the beginning of creating Potion. And 
I now have like 75 of those videos that are up on my YouTube channel. And so that's been just another way to share that's been really fun. Um, You know, I think with like video content, you can share, you know, just more information than you can in little tweets. And you can't really, it's hard to share the whole story or get all the context in these like little tweet um, bites where in like YouTube videos or podcasts, like you can share a lot more. And so I think it's, it's even more valuable kind of sharing some things there. So that I've enjoyed doing that. Thanks for sharing that uh, Minecraft story. I was wondering, like, how come you have such a marketing mindset while being a developer <laughs> by trade? So that comes with practice, I guess. And volume goes, quantity turns into quality at some point. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see myself as a marketer, but it's definitely like I enjoy, I enjoy that part. Like, I enjoy the trying to relate to other people, trying to figure out how to like share, communicate with them in a way that like shows value and stuff. And, and really, I think that's why I like being an entrepreneur is like, I like all the little parts of like the whole business. Like I like building the product, doing like writing the software, but I also like figuring out like the business model and then the marketing part. And so that's why I think I enjoy the entrepreneurship stuff. I get to be and building it all by myself. I get to kind of be a part of all of it instead of just on one part of the business. Video as a format can be intimidating sometimes, especially like the part when you have to sit down and do something. I, I, I find that great source of procrastination, like amazing. <laughs> Any tips for our listeners to overcome that? Hmm, I don't know if I have... Any amazing tips? I mean, I think it's kind of like you were saying, like just with practice, like I've, I've been in front of a video camera quite a lot nowadays and I, it doesn't, I don't really feel that too much anymore. I mean, there is, I guess, some days where you're maybe a little more down and just kind of feels weird to get in front of a camera. Um, so I definitely feel that every once in a while, but I don't know. It's, it's something I've kind of gotten used to over practice. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have like a, a quick tip of like, okay, do these things and then it will be all, it'll all be better. <laughs> Could you share your um, editing and uh, recording routine? Like what tools do you use for videos? What's your preferred format? You know, like uh, shoulder, head and shoulders kind of videos or a little little circle mm-hmm. in the corner screencast because I, I probably need to take a better look at your channel to see that. Yeah, yeah. So I use ScreenFlow. It's a really good tool for recording your screen, but then it can also record like your face cam at the same time. And so most of my videos are showing, you know, my screen. So I'm showing off some feature, showing some data analytics, something like that. And then, you know, in the corner of the screen, I can have my face there. And ScreenFlow is just great because it's so quick and easy to use. Like for all of the content I put out, I do not do much editing. I kind of like am trying to optimize for like efficiency, which, you know, in some cases that means I'm not necessarily having the most like premium content, but I'm okay with that just because like, you know, I have a lot of other things to do and I don't want to spend too much time editing like our, like our podcast, for example, uh, we don't really edit it at all other than cut the front off and the back off. And whenever I do any of these like three, four minute videos, I'll typically just like kind of think through what I want to say. Sometimes I'll jot down a couple of notes in Notion and then I'll just do it in one clip um, and just kind of go through the whole thing. And I won't edit really anything out. I won't cut anything out. Every once in a while I will, but typically not just because it's just a lot quicker. So then I can make, you know, a three, four minute video of one of these kind of sharing behind the scenes video in like 30 minutes or something like that. Um, cause then it's kind of just 
yeah, just kind of throwing it together. I will do a little bit editing of what you can do in ScreenFlow, which is kind of cool, where you can like zoom in and pan around on your screen. So you can actually like really highlight the thing that you're showing instead of just showing the entire screen. So I will do a little bit of that, but ScreenFlow makes it pretty easy. And so, yeah, I basically use that tool. You know, I have a mic, I have a screen uh, cam for a little better video. And that's, that's pretty much about it. What do you do with multiple takes? Because whenever I sit down to record like a little video demo or something, I would have like five, 10 takes until I get it right. Because I I feel the pressure, but maybe it comes with volume. (laughs) Right. I think I, every once in a while, I'll do a second take if I, you know, really jumbled my words or something like that. Uh, But typically, like, I'll just take one take and kind of, I kind of am just like, it's okay if it doesn't sound perfect. Or I say, um, a couple times, which I, I do that. And, uh, which I, which I just did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happens and I'm okay with it not being perfect. And, and I've actually kind of found that's maybe even part of the transparency a little bit with like the building in public where it's not like I'm trying to create this like amazing content that's perfect that, you know, people are only seeing my best side. Like I'm kind of showing them everything and I'm okay with that. And I think in some ways that kind of allows people to maybe more so relate to me and and like just see the transparency that like, I'm not like creating this perfect uh, marketing content. It's more about just being transparent, sharing what's going on. And I kind of like it that way too, because then I'm not spending tons of time making it perfect. So yeah, I typically just take one take and whatever it is, I'm just like, yep, that's good. (laughs) I'm so happy for you in that regard. Like seriously, anybody listening to us should, should learn there because uh, it's much better to ship many things. Okay. than one thing. Well, and that relates to everything. (laughs) That, That might be true. I guess it's hard to know. Like, I've kind of, you know, I kind of optimize for enjoyment in some ways, even with my business where I could be missing out on some things. I I probably am. Like if I made things perfect or or did things a different way, I'm sure that I could, you know, get my numbers a little higher or whatever. But I'm, yeah, I'm kind of optimizing for enjoyment and time. And so I may that, I don't know if that's completely perfectly right, but at least for me, that's that it seems to work and I've enjoyed doing things that way. What type of numbers do you share with your audience? Yeah, so I, I typically share pretty much all of my numbers on Twitter periodically. Like I don't have one of those like open startup pages where you can anyone can see all my numbers live at any time. Uh, but I do share them on Twitter. So I'll share like my MRR. I'll share like my traffic. I'll share my churn numbers every once in a while, my trial to like my conversion ratios from trial and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share any of those, those numbers. Let's do, those, let's those do this ones. now a little bit. Yeah, let's yeah. do this now. <laughs> so we're recording this uh, January 11, 2022. What's the MRR? <laughs> yeah, so I'm at 4,150 MRR right now. So yeah, the last two months, it's been a little like just flat. I typically am growing $450 new MRR every month. At least over the last year, that's been kind of the average. But then the last two months, it kind of just flat the the churn I had. I did grow, but then the churn, you know, evened it out to where there was really no growth the last two months. So that's something I have to to figure out. You have multiple pricing plans from $10 for one site per month up to 
$50 a month if it's eight sites? What's the breakdown? What's the majority of the plans? Yeah, so I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I just know from basically seeing all the stuff come through that like probably 90% of my customers are on that first plan. And then I only probably, yeah, probably, you know, most, you know, 9% are on the second plan. And then just like one or 2% are on that top $50 plan. And overall, I have around 350 paying subscribers. Curious what the traffic is like. Yeah, so I'm getting around here. I'll pull that up just so I can have exact numbers. Okay, so over the last month, I have 4.3 thousand traffic. Well, so that's uh, visitors, so unique visitors. Actual views is 11.1K. And then Google is my top referrer with 1,000 unique visitors. And then Twitter is second with 705. And then Product Hunt, and then Indie Hacker, and then YouTube. So yeah, Google and Twitter are what are bringing you know the most of my my traffic. But yeah, if I look at kind of the past months, because I think this last month was a little bit lower than normal, I'll be around like seven thousand, eight thousand unique visitors a month. And yeah, with this last month being around like four point five, that's typically kind of what it looks like. Have there been any downsides of uh, being open with the numbers? particularly or with with your process so far not a ton the the only thing i have found is like i i'll have like some followers that i've you know i've seen them comment on my tweets and things like that and then like three months later so i knew they were kind of following along three months later i've had you know they launched maybe a competitor or something very similar to what i'm doing with potion so that's happened maybe like twice So that's like been the most negative thing. And even with that, like, I'm not too worried. Like, at least one of those I know has already kind of, I don't think they're working on it anymore. So yeah, that's not something I'm too worried about those competitors. And I feel like there's enough, you know, room in the market, at least for me right now that I should be able to build a a good business still if, you know, if there's competitors and things like that. But other than that, there really hasn't been really any downsides that I've seen. You spend a lot of time on Twitter, and we talked about your publishing regimen a little bit. Are there any um, tips on Twitter mechanics that you can recommend to our listeners, such as using threads, retweets, anything in a special way that boosts engagement? I mean, I think the the main thing that Twitter helps, you know, accounts that are bringing value. So I feel like that's like the main thing I try to focus on is like, how can I share valuable content with people? What things are people going to enjoy reading? What things would they, you know, probably want to share because it was valuable to them. And so that's like kind of the main thing that I, I focus on. There isn't a ton of like little mechanics that I really focus too much on with Twitter. You know, every once in a while, like I'll, you know, retweet in between my like potion account and my personal account and things like that. But yeah, I I try to really just fit whatever, whatever the thing that I have to share, whatever kind of format it fits in best. That's what I'll try to do. And so like, if that's, oh, it it makes sense. I have like uh, enough things um, to make a thread, then I'll, I'll make a thread. And if it's just like a thought, that's a single thing, I'll make a tweet. If it's something that makes sense, I think to make a little two minute video to post on Twitter, I'll do that. And so, yeah, I kind of just fit what makes sense with the the content or whatever I'm trying to share. And so that's, yeah, it's really just kind of focusing on the the value. Um, And I've just found with kind of what I've done on Twitter that 
when you share things that are, are valuable to other people, they're, you know, they're most likely to share it. Um, they're most likely to want to follow along with what you're up to. And so that's, that's what I mainly focus on. You know, of course, kind of in our uh, neck of the woods on Twitter, if you ever share any like metrics, data, stuff like that, that can always give you a nice little boost. So if you ever, if you need some more followers, just, you know, share your, your MRR and, and kind of some of the metrics. And usually that does pretty well. <laughs> that's what you've been doing for two years in a row, right? Is it? Is it two years? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that for around two years. And and so sometimes, you know, I try to be careful, actually, with some of the metrics stuff, because there, there almost has been like, I think uh, the building public stuff has really kind of blown up maybe on Twitter in the last year. And so there's almost been like a backslash against just people sharing their MRR, sharing their metrics. And I think that, you know, I think there can be some problems with that, too, of like, you know, if you're only sharing metrics, then it's not, you know, it's how valuable is that? Like maybe the only value is, is that it can be a little bit inspirational to like show like, okay, someone's doing this, this is possible. Maybe you should go do it too. But if you're not sharing more context of like the behind the scenes, how you're getting to these numbers, you know, it's only so valuable. And so I try to share like a good amount of context as well with what I'm tweeting. So I'm not just like tweeting metrics that are just like, you know, just trying to like get lots of engagement, but not really, you know, there's not really anything there. And so I try to, you know, share some context around my metrics. And that's typically when I'll have like a thread that's kind of going into more detail of what's what's happening. Um, so I try to be careful with that because, yeah, it, it can get a lot of engagement, but is it really valuable? And, you know, I don't want to just come off as like I'm bragging or something like that. Fun coincidence with the, with the last name. Uh, just <laughs> another question was: Do you use your personal brand and uh, or do you use your company brand and account? And it, it so far the question the answer seems to be your personal brand works better. Yeah, yeah. I've just found that using my personal brand, like people like to relate to like an actual person, um, and so that's the one I typically am using. And then I'll use my Potion account to kind of maybe retweet stuff from what I'm actually doing on my own um, account. And yeah, I've just found that people kind of enjoy following an actual person and kind of seeing what, what the behind the scenes are with them rather than, you know, a, a business account. As we are wrapping up today's episode, what does one do and one don't for our listeners who'd like to explore the build and public journey? One do, I guess, is just like, you know, try to just be, you know, just try things like experiment with things. That's where you learn, I think. And that's and that's kind of the mantra of like the building public is just like try things and just share kind of what's going on, share what you're learning. And so really just kind of get out there and and start putting stuff out there, I think, is the the thing, the main thing that can be valuable um, or, or help you on your own journey of like building in public. I think, you know, it can be hard to get a following on Twitter in the beginning, like especially those that first a thousand followers can be really difficult. So one thing that I would say to do um, that's been helpful to me is like try to do things that are maybe a little more unique that kind of could maybe grab some attention. Not that you're just trying to get attention, but if you're trying to build in public, like you can't just do the same thing everyone else is doing. People aren't necessarily going to be that interested. So like maybe come up with like creative ideas of ways that you can build something, create things that people haven't done before. So like a quick example is 
back, this was before I had a thousand followers on Twitter. I did this thing I called bootstrap boost, where I basically put up a landing page and just said like, anyone can apply with their, you know, their startup, their business, and I'll work for free, 40 hours for free for someone to help them like build their MVP or kind of help their business. And I had like 110 people apply um, to that thing. And then I I picked a business and I I actually did work for them for 40 hours for free. But from that, I think I gained like 600 followers or something like that on Twitter. So that was kind of like my first kind of like just kind of you don't see people just giving away free time typically. So it's kind of a unique thing. But that was kind of my first boost on Twitter that kind of helped me grow a little bit of an audience. So yeah, I'd say like find ideas or things like that where it's like something that not everyone is seeing or, or doing. Um, so that would I'd say that would be one of the do's. And then the don't for build in public, I would say is like to it, it can be painful sometimes, but to just like to try to share everything, not just the highs. I I, th- I just think that's not as helpful to kind of show a full picture of what's going on when you're only sharing just the good things that are happening. So trying to share kind of the lows as well and and maybe how you're trying to, you're kind of working through those. And so that's what I tried to do. It, it can definitely be hard sometimes when, you know, things aren't going as well and, but you're still having to like tell people about it. Like, you know, we like to kind of, kind of make the, everything look like everything's perfect. Everything's great. But that, obviously that's not how, how life works. So yeah, I'd say just, yeah, don't just share the highs. That would be my don't. You mentioned that it's worth trying things out. I'm curious uh, if you can name a couple of things that you have stopped doing because they didn't work over those couple of years. When I was thinking of like trying things out, I guess I was mostly thinking of like trying things out with your business that you're sharing about uh, building in public. I don't know if there's necessarily something on Twitter or like, you know, like the actual like sharing things on Twitter that I've I've stopped doing. I might. Yeah, I might need a moment more to think about that. But yeah, there's not something that comes to mind where it's like, oh, I, I tried doing the sharing thing and then I stopped. So you just but, sort of stack up those sharing habits. You start with sharing on Twitter, then you keep that going and then you add certain like video type and you keep that going and then you add something else and that's how you how you build yeah, it Yeah, that's typically how I do it. I mean, I don't I've tried uh sharing on Facebook before and that didn't go very well. Like I I think uh I I just kind of found that my my niche of like creators, entrepreneurs, makers like is very much so on Twitter and that's where I've just found the most uh, those kind of people that I want to kind of share to and that helps um, with my business potion. And so that's kind of where I've I've stayed and then used kind of YouTube as an add-on to that. Actually, oh, I just thought of one. I did try TikTok for like a couple weeks. <laughs> I tried making a couple of videos on TikTok. Not, I probably haven't tried it well enough to know that like it's not going to work, but um, I didn't have much success with the the little videos I made on TikTok. But that was kind of an idea that I could make similar videos that I have, you know, on YouTube and Twitter and just also share those on TikTok. So I might have to revisit that again, but I kind of stopped um, after a couple of videos of that not really working out. Uh, Facebook, Instagram? No, but I haven't, I haven't really done much of those ones, no. <laughs> well, thanks again for sharing. One question I forgot to um, ask, but it's pretty important because your product is based on Notion and therefore it does come with a certain audience kind of baked Mm -hmm. in. How have you leveraged that? Yeah. So 
And, and that's something I, I, I really like about, I was kind of intentional with building on top of a platform where I feel like in some ways that can help with the marketing because it's like, you know, you really know who your kind of your user is. Like it has to be someone that uses that tool, that platform. So for me, like pretty much all my customers are people that love Notion and they already were using Notion before they found Potion. And so that's, you know, that's kind of my segment that I'm looking for. And so, yeah, I've kind of used that in that I've, I've gotten kind of into the, the Notion communities on Twitter, uh, just like following um, different people that are creators in the Notion space. And that kind of helps um, helps me kind of interact with people on Twitter that are most likely, you know, into Notion. We actually started a, a Notion community on Twitter. Twitter has this new kind of feature that's still like in beta where you can create a community on Twitter. And so... Um, I helped start a, a Notion community that's you know all around Notion, but it's on Twitter, and so we got that to up to a thousand people that are in that community. So obviously, all those people are are into Notion because it's a, an invite only. So they had to ask for an invite to get into it, and so I'm still trying to figure out the best way to utilize that. Like just trying right now just to make it a viable community for for Notion people. Um, but you know, obviously, there's hopefully ways I can use that to help benefit um, Potion and, and help, um, you know, just get the word out about what Potion is and those people finding out about it. So that's that's another way. And then the only kind of other way I've really used kind of the, the Notion um, niche community to kind of find people is through a Notion Facebook group that has around 40,000 people on it. And so I've just made some posts about um, different websites that were built with Notion and Potion and just kind of showing those off and, and have gotten some customers that way, but not a ton. And, and that's probably something I need to revisit as well. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the main way I've kind of tried to find, you know, Notion people that are in the Notion communities and, and use and leverage that. There's one problem we, we personally haven't solved yet. Uh, when you know when your people are hang, where your people are hanging out, but when you come there, I don't know, good examples, Reddit or a certain Slack group or something, when you come in there with your shameless plug and you start promoting your content, even if it's useful, of course it doesn't feel right. And how do you balance, you know, push and pull there uh, to, to come off right in these communities? Yeah, I mean that's that's a tricky balance, and uh, I've you know I've struggled with that too. I think every entrepreneur probably does. Like it's yeah, it's hard to just kind of like plug your own thing, and you know people just see that as like a marketing thing and not really want to look into it. I think what's kind of helped me at least, and that's where I've kind of leaned on leaned in on the build in public, where a lot of my users are also entrepreneurs, are also makers. Even the the Notion communities I've found, there's just a lot of creators in that are into Notion and entrepreneurial people that are into Notion. And so instead of like what I try to do at least is instead of just like basically sharing my tool and just talking about Potion, I'll kind of more so talk about the building public of building Potion and kind of the the journey of building Potion. And I found that my at least for my my group of people that um, also use Potion. They're, they're more likely to get value from that and enjoy kind of that kind of content because it's valuable to them in other ways that can maybe help them in their own, you know, their own business. 
And so that's what I've tried to lean in on. And that's why I've, I've really leaned in on the build in public because it's, I mean, it, I guess it is marketing, but it's, it doesn't feel like it as much to me where it's not like I'm just marketing my own business as much. I'm more just kind of sharing my journey, kind of the behind the scenes of the business. And so I've, that's at least what's worked um, for me um, so far. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing and being honest about this too. Where can people find more of your work and, and your product online? Yeah. So you can find Potion at Potion.so. And then I share a lot on Twitter at Noah W. Bragg. And my YouTube channel is also Noah Bragg. So I think if you search that, it should pop up. Amazing. Well, good luck growing uh, Potion further. Congrats on going full-time and we're rooting for you to keep keep the public journey. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you found the episode useful, please spread the word about this new show on Twitter, mentioning Userlist, or leave us a review on iTunes. 